Welcome and thank you for joining us on Birth Mother Matters in Adoption with Kelly Rourke Scary and me, Ron Rains, where we delve into the issues of adoption from every angle of the adoption triad. Do what's best for your kid and for yourself because if you can't take care of yourself, you're definitely not going to be able to take care of that kid and that's not fair. And I know that my daughter will be well taken care of with them. Don't have an abortion. Give this child a chance. All I could think about was needing to save my son. My name is Kelly Rourke-Scary. I am the executive director, president, and co-founder of Building Arizona Families Adoption Agency, the Donna K. Evans Foundation, and creator of the You Before Me campaign. I have a bachelor's degree in family studies and human development and a master's degree in education with an emphasis in school counseling. I was adopted at the age of three days, born to a teen birth mother, raised in a closed adoption, and reunited with my birth mother in 2007. I have worked in the adoption field for over 15 years. And I'm Ron Raines. I've worked in radio since 1999. I was the co-host of two successful morning shows in Prescott, Arizona. Now I work for my wife, who's an adoption attorney, and I'm able to combine these two great passions and share them on this podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Look for AZ Adopt Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the role that biological grandparents can play in the adoption process. This is something that is not very often talked about, and it's important I will tell you that one of my favorite things is when I am meeting with a birth mother or birth parents and one of their parents is there with them because that is the ultimate sign in an adoption situation of support from a biological parent, which would therefore be a birth grandparent. I have only seen it firsthand once or twice a year when they come in. And again, I, I, still stand on the belief that not much is known in the older generations about adoption. And because there is a lack of knowledge and a lack of education on adoption that we have failed as a society to provide, what you don't know, you have a hard time being comfortable with and understanding and supporting. Hopefully with this podcast, we can continue our mission in educating society about what role a biological grandparent can play and how important they really are. You know, especially with all of the genealogy stuff that is going on now, you know, Ancestry DNA, um, 23andMe, everybody's learning more and more about their, their past. And that's one of the huge benefits of social media and Not only that, but where we are with, you know, biology and everything that we have discovered up to this point. And then you have that ability to connect. So now that adoptions have moved towards being more open than they've ever been, not only does a biological grandparent have the opportunity to play a role in the adoption process, but they may have the ability to stay in that role in some aspect. And we're going to talk about that as we go through the podcast. Mm. So oftentimes when a mother of a daughter who's pregnant or a father finds out that their daughter's pregnant and they're making an adoption plan, they go through either shock 
that first of all, that she's pregnant, maybe shock that she's choosing adoption. Maybe they realize that this really is the best choice. Maybe she's had children in the past that she hasn't raised. Maybe they're raising those children. Maybe the state has had to intervene. And so they're, they're supporting her and taking a proactive approach for what is going to be in her child's best interest. Sometimes they may exhibit anger that she's chosen to make an adoption plan. They may not understand what adoption really is and the perceived stigmas of adoption. They may be hurt that their daughter didn't come to them and say, hey, I'm pregnant. Would you help raise the baby? They may be hurt that their daughter is in a place in her life where parenting is not the best option for her. And sometimes hurt and anger can resemble each other in the emotional outburst, if you will. So when somebody's hurt, they may exhibit more anger, which is perceived as anger, when really it's more just hurt and vice versa. So sometimes a birth mother or, or a pregnant woman who is choosing adoption is not choosing her parents, which would be the biological grandparents, to raise her baby because maybe they're raising her other children. And she feels that they, you know, they've done enough and they really can't take on one more. Um, she may not have a relationship with them to where she um, feels that they'd be willing to raise her baby or that she would want them to raise her baby. Uh, maybe financially, emotionally, mentally, or even physically, they're not able to raise the baby. I think that as we go through this podcast, we can really look at you know, what role can a biological grandparent play in adoption? And this goes for both sides, both the paternal and the maternal. So we're not just talking about the biological grandparents or the mother and father of the birth mother, but it can also be of the birth father. So okay. like I said, both sides, they also can play a role in adoption reunification and to some degree, possibly a role in the post-adoption communication agreement, but not written in. It would have to be, you know, something agreed upon. And again, we can talk about that as well. The first question that uh, I'm often asked when people are talking about birth grandparents is, what if we don't want the child placed for adoption? And I only can speak for the state of Arizona, but in Arizona, there are no grandparent rights, which means grandparents cannot interfere, interject or intervene in a mother's choice to place her newborn for adoption. When that's learned, that often breeds anger. And they feel like initial. they're having that control to some degree taken from them. They don't have a choice. It's just what the birth mother or the birth parents want to do. That is correct. And in those situations, I think that it is normal, natural for a grandparent to go through the grieving process and maybe even seek counseling if needed, because that can be very hard. If, if that was your hope and your dream and what you wanted to happen and that's not going to occur, then that is a loss. And anytime you experience a loss, it's okay to grieve. I would say that, you know, as parents, 
we don't always agree with our children's choices. But that doesn't mean that we don't still want to support our children. Mm -hmm. And if you have a child that is an adult and is pregnant and choosing adoption for their unborn baby, that may be very difficult to accept. And initially the thought of supporting a choice that you absolutely don't agree with can almost seem impossible. Some of the grandparents that I have spoken with that have come in during uh, the time that I meet with the birth mother have come in and they're very supportive, but reservedly so, meaning they have their own questions. They want to understand the process. They, they, are, they want to show their support because they're sitting there, but they're still accepting it. And they are going, a lot of times, going through the stages of grief. They're trying to understand why, why she's choosing this, why she doesn't want to parent their biological grandchild. And in some ways, sometimes they're offended. You know, well, this is, this is my grandchild. Why are you placing my grandchild for adoption? In those situations, I think counseling is, is very, very healthy, even if it's both of them together to help understand. I know that our agency uses an adoption counselor and we have no problem having that counselor work with them together to help a birth mother explain to her own mother why she's making this choice and why this is the best choice for her child. A lot of the problem with the grandparents being involved in adoption is because they are from, I'll just say my generation. And back then, adoption was less known, like we've talked about many, many times. So they don't know as much about what adoption truly is. They just know that kind of knee-jerk reaction of you're giving your baby away and they're not understanding what adoption truly is. It's a chance for the child to have a better life and also for the birth mother to have a better life because, you know, she's not burdened with trying to figure everything out when she doesn't have her own stuff together as it is. But these grandparents are from my generation. And I think that that lack of information, lack of education is a big part of that. Is that not correct? I agree. I think it's broader than that, though. I think part of it is our generation. The adoptions were primarily closed. Mm -hmm. So there was no contact. So you didn't get to watch the child grow up. You didn't get to, you know, see the first day of, of school through a picture and a letter and an update. It was like closing a door for, you know, 18 to 21 years and then reopening that door. And that's no longer the case. Right. The other piece that I have seen and, you know, in my own adoption story, I have seen this as well, is... Some people, especially of our generation and above, are very focused on a bloodline. You know, that's my blood. That's my bloodline. You're giving away my blood. Like that's, and you know, with China adoptions, they used to call it the red thread, um, that there was this, the thread to connect through the generations. And, and it, it's interesting because there's some parallel with, you know, when you place a child for adoption, that doesn't negate or change or alter a bloodline. It adds people into your family tree. It doesn't detract. And so when you are, are looking at adoption 
as to what it is today and, you know, from where it's come from, you're looking at your tree growing and expanding, which is the opposite of the way that it, it used to be and was perceived, right. which is where with closed captions, it was smaller. So instead of having, you know, one more child added, they're like, oh, you know, the tree is now smaller because that child is not in our family. Whereas with adoption, the tree just continues to grow. Because you're now welcoming so in. I it's like saying, oh, you know, my kids aren't allowed to talk to your kids because they're not part of our bloodline, you know, and it sounds silly, but that's kind of what the mentality is. Right. You know? And so to break away from that, again, is, which, you know, we've talked so many times about adoption stereotypes and stigmas and myths and these preconceived notions that are just not true. You know, maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago, there was some, some truth to them. Mm -hmm. uh, but times have changed. I mean, I hate to date myself, but I remember when we bought our first microwave. <laughs> I do. I do. I remember, uh, you know, as recent as my oldest daughter, who's 24, mm -hmm. when she was I think 16 or 17, uh, she was making a phone call and calling someone on a landline and she got the busy signal. And I will never forget her looking at me and saying, Hey mom, I think the phone's broken. It's making this beeping sound. <laughs> and I have never felt so old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Yeah. Um, so again, when you look at those and, and you see how ludicrous that, you know, I mean, she didn't know what a busy signal sounded like. I mean, right. that what has happened, right? <laughs> those same huge changes have happened within adoption. And so we've got to teach people how to use those old phones, right? Yep. And yet we've got to teach the people who only know how to use those old phones, what the new phones can really do. Right. And so- yeah, we've come a long way. You know, I, I still remember, remember the Verizon commercials. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And they're wrinkling up a piece of paper. Like, yeah, we're past that. Yeah. What is important in the adoption world for the adoptee is having access or knowledge of, or even medical, social information about their biological birth uh, grandparents is huge. When I reunited with my birth mother, uh, my biological grandmother had uh, passed away a few years prior. And so I never got to meet her, but I was able to learn all about her. I have pictures of her. I have, um, you know, her medical history. And that was, that was really interesting. And she actually played a huge role in, in my adoption. In what way? As we've talked about in the past. I mean, it, for those listeners who've heard this before, I apologize. But when my mother went to the doctor for the first time, it was three weeks before I was born. And they didn't know that she was pregnant. The doctor, I guess, lifted up my mother's blouse and told my biological grandmother, ma'am, she's about to have a baby any minute. And that is where my, my biological grandmother passed out and uh, said... Because, I mean, that was a huge, that was a shock. And after that, my mother said that both the doctor, when she came to, and her mother left the room. 
and they came and talked for a little bit and then came back and said to her, you know, that the adoption they felt was the best option. And, you know, my mother had just turned 16 and, you know, they went with that. Um, so she, you know, my mother was the third youngest of nine. And at the time my grandmother was a single parent and raising another baby was not something that, you know, she was wanting, willing, or maybe even able to do. Right. I mean, you know, having raised nine children and at that point being a single mother and not wanting to start all over is, is understandable. And so she basically got your mom to where to, it wasn't an adoption agency, but she got her to the lawyer basically. And Right. Yeah. It was an adoption. It was an adoption attorney. And actually the, um, because back then it wasn't, there weren't like adoption agencies like there are now. I mean, there were some, but they were more state private agencies and things like that. So it was the doctor knew of an attorney. And so they contacted the adoption attorney. And again, it all happened very quickly because she was due any minute at that point. And it was a closed adoption. So very, very different. What was interesting though, and I found this out many years after it happened, obviously. And even after I had reunited with my birth mom was my adoptive parents actually sent pictures and letters at Christmas time to the attorney every year, just you know, like Christmas cards. And now it was a closed adoption. So he didn't share those in turn with my birth mother or right. grandmother, but, you know, to keep in touch with him and show him, you know, I guess my childhood growing up, they did that every year. So that was kind of almost like foreshadowing where adoption was going to go in the future. You know right. what I mean? Like it was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. And, you know, because of the timing and, and everything, the area that my biological family lived in and grew up in, I mean, they primarily grew up in West Virginia and then they moved to Ohio for a, a bit. And that's, that's where I was born. Um, and then my birth mother went back for the majority of her time back to West Virginia and raised my brothers there and so forth. But you know, the bloodline was very, very important. And so even with that, my biological grandmother really felt that adoption was in everybody's best interest. Right. But even when I reunited with my birth mom, she used that term a lot, blood. You're mm -hmm. my blood. You're my blood. So that was very, you know, a, a term that was very much used even to this day. Right. So what role can birth grandparents play? They can be a source of support. Mm -hmm. They can be a source of encouragement. Mm -hmm. I always tell birth mothers, you know, in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning, you can't sleep or you wake up and you have those moments of doubt or the voices in your head that, you know, keep you awake at night with your thoughts racing and and anxiety playing into your adoption choice or your adoption plan, you know, to be able to pick up a phone and call your mom or call your dad and just have them be that source of comfort and reassurance is unparalleled. Mm -hmm. I mean, to have that person that you know is going to stand by you is something that's the greatest gift of all to know that you have their, their loyalty and their support and they're there for you and they're going to love you whether or not they even agree with your decision. Right. 
The other thing is, is that if the um, birth mother and birth father agree, grandparents can can help and be there when they go through adoption profile books and they choose an adoptive family. They can help create the hospital plan. Uh, They can help them decide what type of post-adoption communication they want to have. Uh, They can be the emergency contact at the hospital and for the adoption. If they sign a release, you know, we can contact them if there's an emergency. Uh, Depending on if COVID is still um, in existence or not, they can maybe come to the hospital and be a part of labor and delivery. They can't be in the post-adoption communication agreement, but that doesn't mean that their daughter or son can't share the pictures and letters and so forth with them. Or if the adoptive family is willing, they can't meet them and have their own independent relationship. So those things are all options as well. And even though you don't have a legal binding relationship with the adoptive family, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be a part of that post-adoption communication. It just may be different than the birth mother's, you know, it may, you may have to share with her basically is what it is. The other thing is, is that when you place a child for adoption, one thing that is important to remember is it doesn't negate the fact that you are still a grandparent. It doesn't change that. That's biology. And And that goes with you also, we had talked many times in the past, just because a, a woman is placing her child for adoption, she will always be that child's mother. And it's the same for grandparents. It is the same for grandparents. And it matters. And I think that you know, if a grandparent comes to the hospital and, and holds the baby and, you know, kisses the baby before the baby goes, you know, with the adoptive family, a picture of that is beautiful. And to be able to have that mm-hmm. and to know that, you know, you, you are still a grandparent just because your child has chosen adoption for her baby. You are still that child's grandparent forever, for always. Mm-hmm. And as we go into the future and we're doing Ancestry and 23andMe and all these new genealogy services that are offered, I think we're going to see more and more connection. And when you have an open adoption, you almost can jump quicker, (laughs) if you will, because at some point, if they ever take a test, like I said, you're going to pop back up, but you're already going to know who they are. So I think where we are in now, 2021, uh, happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year to you uh, as I well. think that it is, <laughs> I think it is amazing how far we've come. And I think it's going to be incredible to see where we go from here. And you can never have too many grandparents. We have a pregnancy crisis hotline available 24-7 by phone or text at 623-695-4112. Or you can reach us on our toll-free number at 1-800-340-9665. We can make an immediate appointment with you to get you to a safe place, provide food and clothing, and help you get started on creating an Arizona adoption plan, or just give you more information. Check out our blogs on our website at azpregnancyhelp.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by looking for AZ Adopt Podcast. 
If you enjoy this podcast, make sure to rate and review us on whatever platform you use to listen to us. Birth Mother Matters and Adoption was written and produced by Kelly Rourke Scary and edited by me. Thanks go out to Grapes for letting us use their song, I Don't Know, as our theme song. Join us next time on Birth Mother Matters and Adoption. For Kelly Rourke Scary, I'm Ron Rains, and we'll see you then.